Colby and I react to your Mariners trade proposals coming up here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ahoy, sailors. It is Friday, January 26, 2024. This is Tiding Gonzalez and Colby Patnos for the Locked On Mariners podcast brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use promo code Locked On. That's L O C K D O N for $20 off your first purchase. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Subscribe, like, and turn on alerts if you're watching on YouTube, or subscribe and leave a five star review on your preferred podcast platform if you like what you hear. And if you're part of the crew and rock with us every single day, let us know in the comments below. We'd love to hear from you. And if you want to hear from us even more, please consider signing up for our Patreon. You can now get a free seven day trial to check out the show. The link, as well as our social accounts, is in the description of this episode. And this is Fan Fiction Friday, the show where you submit your Mariners trade proposals and we grade them on the 2080 scouting scale 20 being the worst 80 being the best of course we're going to start with anonymous bryce miller and gabriel gonzalez to the diamondbacks for dominic fletcher and slade sacconi miller's obviously the most valuable piece in the steel and i don't think it's much of a stretch to say that gabby gonzalez is the second most valuable piece in the steel yeah uh if they traded gonzalez for fletcher straight up like okay fine they traded a guy who's further away for a guy who could theoretically helped him now fine yeah even then it's probably a, a tad bit of an overpay and i'm not a huge gabby gonzalez guy i have him i'm assuming i'll have him much lower than for example pipelines dropping their top 100 tonight uh i'm assuming whenever they drop their top 30 that my ranking of gonzalez will be lower than theirs but even then gonzalez for fletcher like fine that's that's totally fine and and it, it's kind of you know tui valala for um um was the Tui Valala and who was the pitcher went to race oh, S- uh, Seth Elledge yes for, for yeah it, it's kind of like that right you trade a guy who yeah. might help you in a couple of years for a guy who could help you this year they have yeah. similar ceilings I think that's the idea behind it but Bryce Miller is worth three times this so yeah. it's 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 a 20 like you are way undervaluing Bryce Miller this looks like a trade that was crafted by a Diamondbacks fan <laughs> Yes, and not a very informed one. Fletcher, I like Fletcher, and I like Sacconi. I, yep. I think that Sacconi is probably more of a you know high leverage yep, reliever definitely. rather than a starter. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's what his ceiling ultimately is, which can help. I mean, look, Sacconi and Fletcher can help you now, whereas Gonzalez can't. But Bryce Miller is by far the most valuable piece in the steel it's by a long fun. shot. He's in another galaxy compared to the other three pieces in the steel. Right. Uh, and again, I like overall value, not just in terms of you know who who can impact me in 2024. Again, I don't think it's much of a stretch to say that Gonzalez is the second most valuable piece in the yep, steel. So it's yeah, this is a non-starter for me. This mm-hmm. is a I, I honestly, it might be a 20 to a 25. Like it's, it's a 20. It's, it's it's yeah. so off that it makes me wonder, like, did you forget to type Cattell Marte's name before he sent it? Right. Because even then, I'm probably still a no on the Mariner side, but it's much more like, okay, like it's, it's yeah. palatable. So, yeah. yeah, this one is is way too late. Yeah. Have some respect for Bryce Miller's name. He's way more valuable than this. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Moving on to Udonis Haslam, Kevin Biggio from the Blue Jays for Cade Marlowe and Jimmy Joyce. 
Why I don't do the think Blue this, Jays do this. Yeah, I don't think this is something the Blue Jays would do. Um, I got asked about Biggio not too long ago if the Blue Jays would have any interest in trading him. And look, I you know I know I live in Toronto, but I don't have you know the best finger on the pulse of what's going on with everything Blue Jays. But I, I believe that if they're going to trade any infielder off of their major league roster uh, before opening day, it's probably going to be Espinal and not Biggio. Biggio helped them towards the end of mm-hmm. uh, this past season. He's actually finally started to come into his own a little bit. He's finally started started to carve out an actual role for himself on that roster. Um, yeah. Hmm. I, I just I don't somebody's think he's been is... on the Kevin Biggio bandwagon for quite a while and somebody else was telling him sure. no he's terrible interesting he was at the time that I said mm-hmm. that yeah he, so he would you say that bad. I wasn't wrong Ty I was just early sure, hmm. sure. Imagine we'll, that. Go that. we'll go with that yeah sure so yeah. let me just spin this then like what are the deals for Espinal then how would you feel about it because for me I, I think I might rather have Marlowe than Espinal because that's really... theory is a player that the Mariners could look at because they're looking for another infielder. They want a guy who could play yeah. second and third. Sure. Like, sure, he fits. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, I just don't really see the point in Espinal, right? Yeah. Um, Biggio is someone that I think just has a higher ceiling. Uh, can impact mm-hmm. the Mariners in more ways than Espinal can. Um. So I would rather, like, if it's just between the two guys, right, in a vacuum, I'd rather have Biggio than Espinal. Uh, that's obviously not how this works. But I just, I don't think this is enough. And I'm not sure if this would be enough for Espinal either in the Blue Jays' eyes. Uh, right. Um, I don't know. I like Cade Marlowe. Like, I do, too. I do, too. And I, I don't think Jimmy Joyce is moving the needle at all, like, in any direction. Um, yeah. Not Joyce is like a, a fine back top 30 prospect, but mm-hmm. I just don't see it. So I think overall, I got to give this one. It, it's like a 40, like seen a lot worse, but it's not, I don't think it's all that close, but again, caveat, we normally put at the top of every episode, like the Mariners were able to trade Jose Caballero for Luke Rayleigh. And if that deal had come across, yeah. you know, on fan fiction Friday, we probably would have given it like a 30 for yeah. lack of realism. And so we don't know, like beauty's yeah. in the eye of the boulder. Always. It really is. All right. So we got quite a few more trades from you guys to go over in just a moment. But first, a reminder, this episode of the Lockdown Mariners podcast is once again brought to you by Game Time. Do you know how handy it would be to have an extra $100 to blow in Vegas? Well, if you're planning to go to the big game, you can save $100 on your tickets with promo code VEGAS100. Game Time is a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. And with killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. So forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use promo code Vegas100. That is V-E-G-A-S-100 for $100 off your tickets to the big game. And if you're not going to the big game, you can still save $20 on your first ticket purchase with Game Time by using the promo code Locked On. That's L-O-C-K-D-O-N. Again, create an account and redeem promo code Locked On. Again, that's L-O-C-K-D-O-N for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And you're listening to the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you again for making us your first listen. And as a reminder, Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, 
plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. So before we get back into your trades, a couple things that we want to go over here real quick. One programming note for you guys. Uh, we're going back to five shows a week starting the week of February 5th. Uh, so Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you guys are getting locked on Mariners until mid-ish December. Uh, you know, some day, some weeks we'll we'll take a day off here and there, maybe even two. Who knows? Uh, but you know, we'll let you guys know ahead of time. But the uh, the plan every week is to release a show uh, every single day, uh, and that also means that our Patreon shows over on Control the Zone will be going back to Monday and Wednesday again, barring any sort of scheduling changes that we need on a week-to-week basis but uh that's the uh the plan so we're back to our normal schedule in uh, about a couple weeks time here so uh secondly we're bringing question of the day back i don't even know why we went away from it in the first place i think i forgot it on one episode and then i was just like i guess we're just not doing that anymore but we're, we're bringing it back now so colby question of the day what what is the question of the day Power rank the five best chips. You get think this through, guys. There's poker chips. There's chocolate chips. There's, mm. you know, chip on the shoulder, ice right. chip, chip mm. Kelly, chip Easton. Maybe you're a big Who's Line fan. Like there, there's a lot of good chips. So maybe maybe your top three chips. We'll make it simple. Top three chips: potato. I know who won't be on that list. You mean future Super Bowl winning offensive coordinator Chip Kelly? I imagine he will. Jacob has a trade here with the Cubs um, or just actually just wants to know what our thoughts would be on the Cubs as a trade partner for Logan Gilbert or Bryce Miller uh, for essentially, you know, Pete Crow Armstrong or Christopher Morrell. Uh, that's what they assume the uh, centerpieces would be. We got a lot of Cubs trades for mm-hmm. obvious reasons. A lot of talk about the Cubs on Mariners Twitter. Uh, the last few days because of that one random Cubs Twitter account that was like, oh yeah, the Mariners and Cubs talked about Mariners pitching and Nick Madrigal like yeah. earlier this offseason, but all of a sudden that, that means like that's still a thing. Anywho, let's talk a little bit about the Cubs. We, we talked about this on our Patreon show yesterday. Uh, so obviously it's very different depending on what pitcher we're talking about here, whether it's Luis Castillo, whether it's Logan Gilbert, whether it's Bryce Miller, Brian Will. The most likely pitchers to get traded would be Miller Wu in theory. What would you want back from the Cubs if you're the Mariners? I think the Mariners to be interested in moving either of those guys at all is going to be looking for at least what the Marlins got for Pablo Lopez. Um, mm-hmm. you know, which was Luis Arise, a fringy top 100 prospect and then like a lottery ticket. So I think mm-hmm. that's what the Mariners would want. Uh, to move Miller or Wu because it's a seller's market. Mm-hmm. Um, we know how hard a pitching is. And, and, you know, while Lopez has more of a track record, uh, Miller and Wu both have uh, more club control than Lopez did and pretty mm-hmm. similar upsides and they're cheaper. And we know a lot of teams right, right now are trying to, you know, cut back on their financials. So uh, I think that's what the Mariners would want in Cubs mm-hmm. terms. That's like, you know, probably uh, is probably Horner. Uh, the yeah. second baseman, it's probably Kate Horton or, or you know, uh, ben, Brown, ben Brown, maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it's it's a lottery ticket down the system. Now, if you're the Cubs, why would you do that? Like, right. you could just use Ben Brown instead of trading for Bryce Miller or Brian Wu. 
and you get to keep Horner. So, um, so from that aspect, the Cubs aren't going to do it, but the Mariners really don't have any incentive to trade. For example, one of those guys straight up for Morel, who's kind of a a popular name here because that dude doesn't have a position. Like he's Mm -hmm. pretty much a DH. Like, I mean, he's athletic, but he's not good anywhere. And then the Mariners have to go out. They don't save any money with that deal. And now they have to go out and get another pitcher to replace him. So I don't think the Cubs and the Mariners are all that good of fits, uh, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Could the Cubs, you know, make a really enticing offer for Logan Gilbert if the Mariners wanted to go big? Sure, they could. I mean, in theory, they have the pieces. Yeah. But again, those pieces are multiple major leaguers off of the Cubs roster. We're talking. And probably a prospect like Kate Horton. Yeah, because you have to replace the arm. So yeah. you're talking, I would imagine, at least Ian Happ, you know, Morel, and then... Or Horner. Uh, yeah, or Horner. And then, like, maybe because you're getting two major leaguers, maybe the third piece is, like, Jordan Wicks, an arm like that, and Matt Mervis, like, yeah. some kind of bulk on the back end. But you're just... because It's, it's like we've talked about... Yeah, it's like we've talked about in the past. It's just so unprecedented to trade a starting pitcher that's as established as Logan Gilbert is with four years left of club control before he still even more hit, upside before he even hits like the real years of arbitration, you mm-hmm. know, when he's, you know, cause he's only R one right now and he's making basically nothing relative to his production. Mm-hmm. Uh, that has to cost a, a team that's trying to acquire him a lot, a lot. And I just, I don't think that's something that really any team would be willing to pay. Mm-hmm. This is just too much, especially if you are a team that's trying to contend. Like I think the Cubs are going to try this year. I think the Cubs mm-hmm. truly think they have a shot at that division, uh, which that division is pretty much up in the air right now. Mm-hmm. Um, like, yeah, Gilbert helps your rotation a lot, but if you're subtracting, if you're also simultaneously subtracting Christopher Morrell or Nico Horner, or Ian Happ, or two of those three guys from the equation, plus one of your best prospects from your system. I just think that's too much. Yeah. Um, you know, there there was that Jim Bowden tweet, which BS Comes directly from Scott it's, Boris. It's it's BS. Like, let's just that let's just address that real quick. Um, like that's not happening. But in that scenario, where you know, because Bowden, for those that don't know, Bowden tweeted that the the Mariners are listening to offers on pitching. Still, they probably are. Yeah, like that part's probably true, but that's probably true, right? Yeah. I, and you know they're always listening. They're always listening on everything. I mean, they wouldn't mm-hmm. be doing their jobs if they weren't listening on nope. on everything. Um, but they're listening on pitching, and uh, he says like if they did trade a pitcher, they would turn around and, and possibly sign Blake Snell to fill that that spot in their rotation. So w- one thing I'll just note: I I've been told that they haven't made contact with with Snell's camp at all. Nope. Uh, so um and that's as recent as two days ago so yep uh it's not happening guys but but if that's but just for a second if that scenario were to transpire i think the the pitcher you know we assume that's miller woo but i think the pitcher that would actually get traded is luis castillo and then they would essentially replace castillo's salary with snell's Mm -hmm. so what would a castillo to the cubs trade look like probably well and then that's the problem is that you know horner and half are making money and so right. you're not going to clear all of castillo's salary but you're also not going to trade castillo for prospects because the cubs yeah. don't have a ton of the you know 
major league guys who aren't making money yet. It's pretty much morale. And then it'd have to be a buttload of top end prospects. That just doesn't make a lot of sense for either team again. So yeah. I actually don't think the Cubs are that great of a fit. Not, not on their high end guys. Like if they're trying trying to trade a Madrigal or um, a Patrick wisdom type, somebody like that, or, or maybe a Drew Smiley, um, you know, then yeah, the Mariners might have interest in those guys, but that's not going to cost Miller or, or Wu or even no. Hancock. So uh, I, I don't think the Cubs are honestly that good of a fit unless, Unless they're willing to drastically overpay. They're willing to drastically overpay. The Cubs are a phenomenal fit, but they're just Mm -hmm. not going to be. So I don't see it. All right. Next trade here. uh, Another anonymous one from our uh, mailbag on the Google Doc. Uh, Cole Young and Gabriel Gonzalez to the Marlins for Luis Arise. And they add, with all the shortstop depth we have in the minors, seems like we can possibly trade one to acquire a bat. Colby, what do you think? Do we have shortstop depth? Or do we have a lot of guys who are currently positioned at shortstop? Not the same thing. I, uh, right. I, I think. I, I think. You know. Well, Cole Young, if he's going to impact the Mariners, you know, sooner rather than later, right. probably playing second base. Second base, but yeah, Cole Emerson probably shortstop. ends up being a third baseman. Probably. Uh, Michael Arroyo is definitely going to end up being a first, mm-hmm. uh, third baseman or first baseman. Yeah. Um, uh, Ty Pete, maybe, but he's so far away. Who knows? He yeah. could end up in center field. Like, yeah. so you have some guys who might be able to play the position. And Cole Young certainly can't. Celestine like, Young, is still so far away. Yeah. You know? yeah. Young is the guy who, like, he's not going to be expect- a spectacular shortstop, but he can play the position. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think the Marlins have been looking for a shortstop, but the Marlins want shortstop help now, not mm-hmm. maybe at the end of this year, not probably the middle of next year, not you know, 2026 when there it's realistic to expect Cole Young to kind of establish himself as an everyday player uh, at the big league level. They want it now. So Young's yep. not going to do anything for them. I don't think. Um, mm-hmm. So unless like, or unless the indication is, is that, you know, arise will not sign an extension with Miami and we have no reason to expect that he won't. I don't see the point of them trading him for a complete unproven player because Miami hasn't even really declared whether they're in or out next year. Either yeah. they've been shopping their pitching all, all winter, nothing's come of it. They have they haven't signed a free agent yet, so they're just kind of like exactly where they were three or four months ago. So it doesn't seem like a team that wants to sell off pieces. Yeah. So I don't think this is enough to get them to move on a rise. Um, I don't think it's a bad offer. I just don't think that I just personally don't think the Mariners have what the Marlins would want to acquire a rise unless they want just pure prospect package. And we know how unlikely that is based on Hollander's uh, comments a few weeks ago. So, um, you know, I, I think the valuation for a player like Arise, yeah, I think it's fairly close. I think you're a player short, but it's yeah. not bad. It's not bad. I just don't think that the players that the, the type of players that the Marlins want are available for the Mariners to give them. It just, they're not a good fit. So yeah. overall, I'd have to give this one like a 40 like it's not bad, but it just they're just not a good fit. I think you're missing at least another top fifteen-ish prospect in the Mariners system. Um, Maybe Locklear, Montez, and, like and that. again, even then, we don't really know what the Marlins want, and mm-hmm. you know. But this is like the only way that the the Mariners could probably feasibly, because like, do they want Wu or Miller? I mean, we can talk about that. We we can definitely have a conversation about that. I just I don't know if they want one of those guys with They've all got the pitching own, that they have. Yeah, they got their own yeah. surplus, and it's actually more legitimate than the Mariners' surplus. The closest right. I've come mm-hmm. to putting together a rise to the Mariners scenario is something where the Mariners give 
you know, the, the Orioles, Bryce Miller, the Orioles give, yeah, you know, one Jordan Westberg or whatever to Miami and Miami gives a rise to Seattle, like a three team trade. Yeah. I think we talked about that. Uh, right. What was it? A couple Cincinnati. of fan Fridays ago. Yeah. We're, right. Cincinnati. We, maybe it's, you know, Miller no for McLean or whatever, or no LB and, and they go yeah. to Miami and blah, blah, blah. So you can get creative with it, but just head to head. I don't think the Mariners and the Marlins are that good of partner uh, trade fits. No, honestly. No, I think that's one of those situations where you're going to need a third team uh, to yep. get that kind of deal across. Cause the Marlins to me just seem like one of the very few teams that don't want your pitching. Yeah. As valuable as your pitching is. I just, I, I mm-hmm. don't really see it because they're in a very similar spot to you in terms of their rotation. Right. So, uh, yeah, I'll go 40 on this. Um, I think it's a, a decent, you know, first offer to maybe get the, the conversation going with Miami. Um, but it would definitely like if, if it does get pushed across the finish line, I think it would look a lot different than that. So 40. All right. We got a few more trades of yours to go over in just a moment. But first, a reminder, this episode of the Locked On Mariners podcast is brought to you by FanDuel. All right, sailors, the NFL regular season may be over, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed. When you place a $5 bet, that's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. And the app is so easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays. You can also find bets in the new Explore tab and make a parlay in the Parlay Hub. It's the best way to find popular parlays. While the Seahawks are done, Mariners baseball is almost here, folks. So is betting on Mariners baseball. But while you wait for the boys to take the field, you can still bet on the Kraken and Huskies basketball. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn, that's L-O-C-K-D-O-N, and make your first bet a layup. Again, that is FanDuel.com slash LockedOn, L-O-C-K-D-O-N. FanDuel, official partner of the National Football League. And you're listening to the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you again for making us your first listen here on Fan Fiction Friday. We're reading and grading some of your Mariners trade proposals. We got a um, a DM from someone. I'm not sure if they wanted us to yeah. say who they were or not. So I, I, I left it anonymous. Uh, Eggie Rosario, uh, Padres infielder for Prolander Barroa. Colby? Awful. Is it Eggy or is it Iggy? It's Eggy. According Eggie. to baseball reference, it's Eggy. Okay. It's not E Guy. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I just wasn't sure if it was Iggy or Eggy. Um, yeah. I don't get it because now here's like the big elephant in the room. I've never, I've never seen Iggy play like live. Mm-hmm. So I can only look at his statistics and like scouting reports and all that stuff. So full disclosure, never seen the guy play live. However, when I read about him, when I look at his numbers, when I look at his style of play, I go, oh, that's Ryan Bliss. I have Ryan Bliss. In fact, I have two Ryan Blisses, maybe three. Like, I, I have that guy. What Who's I don't have, well, I mean, one is Dylan Moore. One yeah, is I know I, I know one is Dylan Moore, and I know the other I mean, is Ryan Bliss. Who's I don't the know third, who the third guy one is. Sam Haggerty. Okay. Boom. Okay, sure. <laughs> yeah, why not? Boom. All right. All right. Uh, yeah. So, like, What's the point? What I don't have is another Perlander Baroa. Like, mm-hmm. I don't have a guy who's major league ready who has high leverage stuff that is right. cheap, right? I don't have that other guy, at least as far as I know. Maybe somebody pops, but 
Right now, I don't have that other guy. <clears throat> Jackson Coar. Sure. Yeah. I ha- I have already uh, Eggy. And by the way, my yeah. Eggy's not even on the 40, man. So my Eggy. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't get it. Like, unless yeah, there's yeah. something that's changed about his profile, or maybe he's made a swing change, or maybe there's, and again, I haven't seen him play. So I can't answer that question. But to me, this is just trading for Lauder Barrow for Ryan Bliss. I have that guy. Like, yeah. why? 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 I don't understand yeah. the thought process behind this because, like, I have Ryan Bliss, I have Eggy, but it's a great name. I mean, it is a great name. Right? I I, I do, is. but I I, like, I would enjoy having Ryan a guy Bliss. named Eggy on the team. Yeah, yeah. This just looks like Ryan Bliss to me. They're both a little bit undersized. They both have surprising raw power for their size, but we're not sure if it'll translate to the big leagues. You know, they both have some swing and miss that you're kind of worried about, like. Bliss, like he might be a better prospect than Bliss. I'm not saying he's not, but how much better? Perlander Baroa better? No, no. So I don't, I don't get it. Honestly, I don't, I don't see what the upside for the Mariners is. Yeah, just based on statistics and scouting reports. Again, like I said, never seen the guy. I think it's good valuation on both sides. Yeah. Um, but for the Mariners specifically, I just don't know if they really need Eggy Rosario. Would you rather trade Baroa for Rosario or Shinton? Because it's really what it is, right? It, it's, I mean, probably Rosario. Probably Rosario, Rosario has some major league experience now. Yeah. Baroa has two outings. So I guess some, but this essentially this is a prospect for prospect trade. Yeah. So what prospect is going to give the Mariner? What prospect is something the Mariners don't have? Like if this guy hits, like who's more valuable? Because they're at the same place in their career. Although I think Eggie technically only has five years of club control left. You could Does check on really? that, but I think on fan graphs, he was over a year of, of service time somehow, mm. which completely negates the whole trade, like not even interested at that point. But mm. um, again, unless you think this guy can be a everyday like star, like, is he going to be, is he not a star? Is he a two and a half one player? Like you feel really confident about that. If you do fine, whatever. But to me, it's Rosario and bliss are, you know, uh, name brand versus store brand cola like who cares they're the same they're uh, both so tiny I don't, I don't, too yeah that's what i'm saying they're both undersized but so i don't get it you know um again never seen the player so i could be totally off base here but just based on the statistics based on the scouting reports i've read they just seem very similar and i don't yeah. see what the point is for the mariners to have two of those guys instead of one of those guys and perlander Baroa. yeah L- like you said i i I really think this team needs a, a third high leverage guy. Mm. And I don't think that Justin Topa is that guy. I think he's more of a mid to high leverage guy. Um, whereas Baroa, the ceiling there is clear cut high leverage guy. Like I can throw this guy in high pressure situ- situations and eight, you know, in the eighth, ninth extra innings. I think that's really important for the Mariners to have. And I don't really see a lot of other guys in this organization that have a path to doing that. Whereas with, you know, someone like Ryan Bliss, I see a path to him being essentially Eggy Rosario or what Eggy Rosario can be. Um so I just rather keep Baroa on the hopes that I can develop him into the guy that I need him to be, or I need someone to be. Uh, and I know that I have other guys that that do have really interesting stuff like Coar, like Vargas, et cetera, in the in the organization. But if you ask me right now, if I had to put money on it, 
of all the guys in the organization who can be that third guy, I'd go with Barella. Over Coar. Wow. Yeah. I, I do love me some Jackson Coar. I know. Yeah. yeah. That's but, your dude. Uh, Barella. That's the guy you're planting the flag on this this spring. Not, I'm not using one of those spots you, on. Yes, you. Yes, you are. You have to. You have to. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. You have to. You've talked about him so much. He has to be a flag guy. So, again, I, I think this is a, a solid trade in a vacuum. So I'll give it like a fifty. I just don't see the point for Seattle. So yeah, yeah. I just don't. I think really the valuation. I just, is, I just. I think the valuation is just about spot on. Yeah. I just don't think the player is a fit for the for Seattle. Yeah. So 45. Yeah. It's fine. All right. Last trade of the day comes from oh, Colin, Jesus. Jonathan Classe. <laughs> Jonathan Classe, Aiden Smith, and Walter Ford, the vanilla missile to the A's for Brent Rooker. And Colin says, Go easy on me. So this is my first ever mock trade. This is actually a pretty good first. And it's your last trade. one. 20. <laughs> Colin, you uh, I think this is pretty good, actually. I really don't want to trade Aiden Smith. You really like Aiden Smith. I don't know what changed for you. But I really like Brent Rooker. Do do you have some info on on Aiden Smith that makes you high on him? Uh, Just that he might be the second most tooled up guy in the Mariner system. Damn. Yeah, behind only Ty Pete. So, yeah, there's like legit, I think there's legit 25 home run pop in that bat. I think he can play center field. It's going to come down to the hit tool as it usually does for these, you know, 18 year old. 18 year olds but yeah call me crazy but i think the giving the mariners really tooled up you know offensive players like young offensive players with ton of tools seems to be a good strategy based on their current strength at developing you know young talent so uh i really like to see what the mariners can do with with aiden smith um for at least a little while before i give him away but um yeah i think this is pretty interesting i think if you're oakland you have to strongly consider this um yeah. You know, maybe they don't like Aiden Smith at all, but like Rooker's a guy who's got four years of club control, maybe five. He's right on that borderline. Um, but yeah, he's he's more of a first base DH, can occasionally play left field type of guy. He's yep. o- almost 30 years old already. Like he's not going to be on your roster by the time you get to Vegas. And, and until you get to Vegas, you don't care what your major league uh, product is. That's very clear. Yeah. So yeah. you get a guy, Aiden Smith, probably going to be ready to go by the time you're in Vegas. Classe yeah. probably going to be ready to go, or at least get a shot by the time you're in Vegas. So Walter Ford, yeah, maybe. Like that's that's a lottery ticket at this stage. But yeah. yeah, I think this is I think this is a solid like bulk deal that has the potential to have huge dividends for the A's because again, Aiden Smith, I think, has the potential to be 25 homer above average defensive outfielder. Yeah. I like this deal in a vacuum. I don't think it makes much sense for the Mariners, though, because there's a guy named Mitch Hanniger in Seattle now that essentially fills the role that I would have had Brent Rucker fill before unless, the Hanniger deal. Unless, unless you're trading Ty France. Unless you're which trading seems Ty to be the caveat to everything. It is, yeah. yeah. If you're trading so Ty France, Brent Rucker makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah, sure. So, but I right am, now, as things currently stand, yeah. I mean, it always makes sense to trade for Brent Rooker. So, yeah, I actually think the valuation is pretty good. Um, and, again, I like the player. Obviously, you probably know that if you've listened for a while. Yeah. Uh, don't love giving up Aiden Smith, but this is what it costs. You know, it's the cost of doing business. So, um, yeah, solid. I'd say 
50. Like I could see it happening. It just maybe 45 because the fit with Rooker and this, this roster is not great. But I, I think it's a, I'll give it a solid 50. 70. No, um, I'll give it a 50. You're not I, I just don't think, I don't think the, the, the Mariners, uh, I don't think this makes much sense for the Mariners. Yep. Uh, right now, as things currently stand on the roster, I just don't really know, like, where am I going to play Rooker? That's going to do it for our show. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. For Colby Patnode, I'm Tidy Gonzalez. Be uh, sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Tidy Gonzalez and Colby at CPAT11. That's CPAT11. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. And thank you again for making us your first listen. Have yourself a beautiful baseball day, and we'll see you next time. Peace.